The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS NFL Podcast. Happy Monday. Happy Draft Week. I'm Katie Mox here with Ryan Wilson and Managing Editor for Sportsline and CBS Sports Fantasy, RJ White. And we're talking draft props today. As always, keep it locked with us all week long for your NFL offseason coverage. But especially this week as we have shows Monday through Friday, including right after night one of the draft on Thursday night. Brinson after midnight is my favorite Brinson. Of course, if you're watching us, show some love with a like or a comment, and even better, subscribe to the YouTube page, audio listeners only. Do the same, download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. Gentlemen, happy draft week. Are you are you are you gearing up towards a little vacation here, Wilson? Yes. Uh, the short answer is yes. And by the way, this is how far RJ's come in, in four years. I think it's my fourth draft. RJ, who actually recommended me for doing more of this stuff which i so i i send him a, a couple pennies every month he was the draft editor back in 2018 2019 now he's a managing editor running things over there so rj is uh trending upwards at mike tom as mike tom likes to say and i'm just sort of holding steady which I, i'll take no i think you're trending upwards too i, I I'm, I'm number two to wilson in that sense that's what I was looking for. Thank you, RJ. That's what you're looking for. Too. All right. So let's let's dive right into this. And uh, RJ, you know, you, you sent us your draft or you had a draft that you posted earlier today. Let's kind of go through some of these. You have Will Levis going number one. Interesting. You've got uh, the Colts taking CJ Stroud. He was a hot topic on this show and also just across the Internet in this last week. Brinson said he might not even go top 10. So why don't you just kind of walk us through this mock draft that you just posted today? Well, I have Levis going number two, not number one. Um, I, I think I, the pitchforks would come out if I put Levis in number one. And, and just before, just hate, set the table really quick. This isn't what I think teams should do. This isn't even what I think is going to happen. This is what the betting market thinks is going to happen heading into draft week. I put this all together on Sunday night based solely on the odds in the draft market from several different books, kind of handicapping here and there where, where where the movement has been, where what has coalesced is what the expected things are at certain spots. And at number two right now, surprisingly, it's Will Levis to Houston at, at number 
number two. Um, we saw it was Stroud when, when he moved to being an underdog at number one, and then we saw it move to Will Anderson last week, and then we saw it move to Tyree Wilson late last week, and now it seems like Will Levis is in that that seat. So uh, I don't think that's tied to any reporting right now, um, him being minus 160 at Caesars. Um, so as far as I could tell, so I think that means that the people most likely to know things we don't, the ones that stand to cash in on this type of thing, know some things that we don't right now. Um, so I think that's probably the, gonna, the most likely to be the pick right now. But, you know, as of a week ago, I thought it was going to be Will Anderson. So it can change from there. Um, and I think it does make sense to take a quarterback here. There's going to be some solid edge rushers at number 12 for Houston if they go quarterback or they could trade it from that 12 spot. Yeah, I, the Will Levis thing at two is sort of interesting. I, I don't think the Texans are the ones that are going to make that happen at two. I know that, or at least I've heard that they're out on Stroud. They they love Bryce Young. We're going to try to trade up for him, and obviously the Carolina Panthers beat them to the punch. I think for Will Levis to go two, a team is going to have to trade up, and Houston might be interested in trading down. I've heard that they're they're out on Levis at two at least. Maybe they circle back at twelve and, and get him. But I, um, there are a handful of teams that that I've heard that that aren't high on Levis that high in the draft. One of the ones that isn't the Indianapolis Colts, which means they'd have to trade it from four to two, do a deal with a division rival if they really wanted Will Levis there. But they can stay put and, and maybe C.J. Stroud follows them, which is what R.J. has happening in this draft, according to the betting markets, which feels like a, a better way to go. But, you know, the, the thing is, you have no idea. Uh, I, in fact, R.J., I looked on April 19th, 2022, Malik Willis was the minus money favorite to be the first quarterback drafted. Yeah. And that just goes to show you that that's a little further out than the draft that we are now, obviously, that it, it's hard. You don't know because teams aren't in the business talking about what they're going to do, because unlike breaking news when it comes to a player getting traded in October, there's some leverage at play here. It's just like you're telling on yourself and, and it may not and not only may not, it's not in your best interest to sort of show your hand. So I I, I don't know if Will Levis goes to I don't think he's going to Houston at two. I'd be shocked if he did. It would have to be a trade up scenario for me. I'm glad you brought up the Willis thing because uh, we have a NFL draft best bets prop article that we put out on Sportsline every year. Last year, um, I had five of my eight props that were plus 200 or shorter uh, come through, and most of those were plus prop odds. And one of them was Kenny Pickett to go first quarterback drafted mm. at plus 140, plus 150 as of Monday of draft week. So just bring that up to say there's something similar coming out. I submitted it to the staff to take a look at, um, you know, about an hour ago. So that should be up on Sportsline today if anybody wants to go and check it out. Can you give us a hint about Will Levis, where he's going then? <laughs> um, I didn't have him in that. The odds oh. are just moving. I'm trying to do, put something together that the odds are going to at least be a little bit consistent over the next few days since we're going to, you know, try to get people into this article over the next few days and I don't have to change it every 30 minutes. And gotcha. this Levis market is just moving back and forth right now. All right, moving down your list here, you've got some interesting things happening with the number 10 pick uh, in Philadelphia. Yeah, I have them trading down right now. Uh, Paris Johnson still a significant favorite to be the first offensive lineman drafted, but he's slightly juiced at over nine and a half for his draft position. So it feels like 10 is a spot for him. Doesn't really feel like Philly's the team for that. Different Paris Johnson is a tackle. I'm sure Ryan will tell us more about that. Um, feels like they're really linked to Peter Skaronsky, who is a big favorite to go number 10 overall. So feels like the way to make that happen is for the Jets to come up from 13 to Philly's pick at 10 um, to secure the left tackle they so desperately need in Paris Johnson. Now to do that in my draft, pick uh, trade value chart it's going to take 13 42 and 207 with the jets also getting back 62 from philly so basically they drop back 20 spots um still get to keep a quote-unquote second round pick um, if that has to be a factor in the deal that we expect is going to come for aaron Rodgers. yeah another way that could happen too is and this is just hypothetical i, I don't disagree with what you've done here in your mock draft rj but if the 
Eagles want really want Jalen Carter, and they just trade up from from ten to nine, and perhaps get Jalen Carter there, and then the Bears come down to get an offensive tackle there if they so choose uh, as well. It's going to be interesting to see how this offensive line class goes off the board because Peter Skaronski, who I love and I thought had a great a great season for Northwestern, isn't going to play left tackle in the NFL. It looks like I I would try him there, but every time I talk to someone, they're like, no, his arms are too short. He's moving inside. I think he's the best technician of the offensive tackles and. Um, or offensive guards in his case. And then it's going to be Paris Johnson Jr. or Broderick Jones. There's going to be some movement on Broderick Jones, I bet. And RJ, you would know more than me in terms of the the lines. But uh, teams like Broderick Jones, he's more of a, a long-range uh, project than, than Paris Johnson Jr. in terms of the upside. Both are really athletic, but Broderick Jones might end up being the better uh, of the two. And then, of course, Darnell Wright, the right tackle at Tennessee, might go a little higher than people think. I don't know what his over-under is off the top of my head, but it feels like 15, 16 might be – the range that that folks typically have him going to these mock drafts. But if you went a little higher than that, that wouldn't surprise me either. Well, that's exactly where he's he's posted right now at 15 and a half with okay. the under juiced right now. But I think a lot of that is built into Daniel Jeremiah came out. And when he talked to the media last week, he got asked about the Bears and what they might do at offensive line. And he specifically said Darnell Wright is a name he's heard there. So I think that also moved the, the, the um, markets for the number nine overall pick where Darnell Wright is now the co-favorite with Jalen Carter at plus 300 to go. Mm. So um, that would be a, a nice little, you know, way to get some value in the first offensive lineman market where depending on where you look, um, Darnell Wright is plus 450 to plus 600 still. Um, but if he goes to Chicago nine, I don't know if anybody is going taking an offensive lineman in the first eight picks, you know, so right. um, that might be a way to get a nice little payout there. Um, if in fact that is the guy for Chicago and Carter's not available. One thing to note, I don't know if I said on this podcast or with the first pick, or I know I said it on radio, but I heard a couple of weeks ago that the Steelers were interested in trading up. And one of their targets that I heard was Paris Johnson Jr. So that also could throw a wrench in the plans. Now, how high you're willing to trade up for Paris Johnson Jr., I don't know. I can't imagine you're going, I mean, three would be silly in my mind. Um, you know, eight, nine, 10 makes more sense, sort of what you're talking about, RJ. But that's also something to, to keep an eye on. And could, by the way, determine who's the first offensive tackle taken. If someone comes out of the blue that has a someone they fell in love with that isn't um, whoever we think tackle one should be, just something to, to keep an eye on. Not, not really much you can do about it, but I've heard that the Steelers are interested in Paris Johnson Jr. How are you guys attacking the the Lions? Because I know they just let go of four wide receivers from their room based on some gambling issues. Does that affect where you think that they will pick in this draft? Well, they didn't let them all go. You know, some of them are getting suspended, but they're not. I kept the good ones. Cutting bait with Jamison Williams, by any means. So, <laughs> so um, that that is a factor, but it's not going to be a factor at five, I don't think, or six, or wherever they're picking. Um, the 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 favorite right now is for them to take a cornerback with that pick, very strongly linked to Devin Weatherspoon in the odds, and they continue to be. Um, the interesting thing about it is because they have that pick later in the first round, where the cornerbacks like Joey Porter Jr., Deontay Banks, those type of guys will be available. Doesn't it make more sense if they want to get a franchise quarterback to do it? six if one of these guys gets out of the top five cj stroud anthony richardson i mean they have i've been a, a long proponent people hear me talk on this podcast about brian dayball talking him up and how what he did with josh allen and how the giants would be good because they got him as a head coach i think the detroit could be in a similar situation with ben johnson an offensive coordinator he's a guy that can maximize the talent there get the most out of somebody and if you take a guy who is unpolished like Anthony Richardson people have you know Ryan can break him down fully I'm sure but the problems with him I don't think are athletic you know and this is his ceiling and you need a guy that can help him reach his ceiling and Detroit feels like a place where that could happen and you 
trade in a quarterback in Jared Goff who is steady. He's going to get you to the playoffs probably this year. He's They're expected to be a, the win the division um, when you look at the odds and really give you a Super Bowl window starting next year if he develops like a Josh Allen did, like like these guys did that are reaching their ceiling with good coaching staffs. Yeah, so they have two first-round picks. Seahawks have two first-round picks, and those feel like the two best landing spots for someone like Anthony Richardson for the reasons you're pointing out, RJ. You don't have to start. And it's a solid organization. The coaching staff and the, and the GM, they're not going anywhere. The ownership is solidly behind uh, those folks. And it's not a situation like the Texans, for example, where Texans fans are skeptical of Kyle McNair doing the right thing or or sometimes with the Colts and, and Ursay and what, and what he might do. It sometimes feel like it's um, impulsive is, is one way to put it. See Jeff Saturday. But I, I think that when you have the number one, that infrastructure, number two, two first round picks, and number three, not a ton of needs. Um, to RJ's point, you could take cornerback, you could take edge rusher, and maybe that they do that with those two first round picks. I don't think wide receiver is going to be a, a huge concern, especially early. You can you have the opportunity to take a, a, a quarterback there. So we'll see what happens. But I, I don't hate that idea, and I'm not sure what the odds are on the quarterback going at five or six, RJ. But my instinct is not to hate it, whatever the numbers are. Well, the interesting thing is in one market, Anthony Richardson has moved to being the favorite to be number five to Seattle. Ah. Um, he's still plus 500 at Caesars. He's still plus 350 at another site. But there's one where he's now above Will Will Anderson, who's plus ah. 250 to be the favorite at, at number five. So we'll see if that continues, if the, whoever is getting that money into the market now, if that spills over to the other markets. Um, but, you know, that that's a good connection there for Seattle and Anthony Richardson. And hey, then Detroit, um, yeah, I mean, why are they picking this high again? Like, I think they just right. need to go get a quarterback if they have that, uh, that option. And this is the Rams pick anyway, so that that they're really not picking this high except for that trade. RJ has has the betting market has Vegas gotten better over the last three or four years since betting on the drafts become a thing, or is it more just con- still reactionary based on news reports? You mean better and more predictive? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, okay. they were ahead of the Trayvon Walker stuff last year. You know that that was before it was reported that Jack was going to be Jacksonville's guy. He had a very steady movement there. So even on the Monday of the draft, you can get Anthony Richardson over one and a half at like plus one forty. At that point, that was another part of that article we gave out because we saw that shift coming in the market and that Anthony Richardson figured to go two at best. So they've been doing that. They were kind of ahead of the Trey Lance stuff. Um, you know, we we pegged Lance as a long shot for number three that we loved, and and because of his traits and how he fit with Kyle. Shanahan. And then, you know, apparently somebody heard something before it was reported that that, that they were shifting from your guy, Mac, to, to Trey Lance and the odds started shifting there. So you, that's why I wanted to put this mock draft together with with leaning on the betting markets and the odds, because it has been predictive in the last few years. Mm. And so Love if it. you're following it, um, this is kind of like the snapshot of if the draft were last night when I when I finalized all this stuff, this is probably a good snapshot of how it would go. Who knows what that's going to be on Thursday, because we're like what we're saying with Anthony Richardson at five and Will Levis to Houston and all these things are still shifting around. So we, we, there's still plenty of road to go from here. All right. We're going to get into some draft props coming up here next, but we do need to take a quick break. But before we do, have you tuned into the CBS Sports Galazzo Network yet? It's the first of its kind free 24-7 channel dedicated exclusively to global, global soccer coverage. It's now streaming on the CBS Sports app, Pluto TV and Paramount+. Plus. Get your morning started off on the right foot with Morning Footy, our weekday soccer culture-driven morning show beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern. Plus, don't miss the rest of our top-notch programming, including live matches and re-airs, original studio shows, highlights, documentaries, and much more. CBS Sports Golazzo Network is the ultimate year-round streaming destination for fans of the beautiful game. You're watching Pick 6. We'll be right back. 
Get breaking news. Big news coming out of the NFL today. Highlights and instant reactions. The largest final round comeback in four championship history. We're down to the final four. I just want to take time to analyze greatness. Talk winners and losers with a guy who's already a big winner. CBS Sports HQ. It's all sports all day long. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits. Turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to Pick Six. If you're not following us on social, make sure you do that at Pit. Pick six pods across all social platforms. All right, so let's get into some of these player prop lines. You alluded to it a little bit um, in that last segment there, but what do you like? I see B. John Robinson here uh, as going top 10, odds of that minus 110. Yeah, this is more just a reflection of what the market's saying right now. I think there's a there's a wide range of outcomes on Bijan Robinson. People wouldn't be surprised if he went top 10. Some people think he's going to Dallas at 26. I mean, that's that's about as big of a gap as you can see from a player graded as high, um, you know, as as Bijan is. So right now the odds for him to go top 10 are minus 110. So it's basically a coin flip of uh, whether he is a top 10 pick at this point. Atlanta is the clear favorite to draft him. Uh, if you just look at the specific team to draft Bijan at plus 200, with Houston next at plus 500 and Philly at plus 750. So I think whether he goes to top 10 comes down to whether Atlanta can trade back a few spots. We talked about Paris Johnson a little bit ago. Um, That seems like a perfect opportunity for them to go down to 13 with the Jets or 11 with the Titans or somewhere and then be able to pick Bijan you know, there, you know, if a team's looking to come up for a quarterback that's falling or to go up for Paris Johnson or Jalen Carter. So um, I think he probably lands on Atlanta is what the, the market is telling us. It's just a question of whether that happens at eight or somewhere else. Hey, let me ask you this quickly because I'm looking at your mock draft. Uh, uh, just based on the betting market, it's not what you would do necessarily, RJ. And Nolan Smith is 12th to the Texans, but the 12 number is is sort of catches my eye because I don't know if he goes that high just based on folks I've talked to and watching him. But tell me why there's a chance that he he goes in the middle of the first round. Well, a couple of different markets have his his specific position over under posted. Oh, one has the over at ten and a half juiced. One has the under at twelve and a half juiced. Hmm. So it really feels like 10, 11, you know, 11, 12 is the range. Also, at times he has been the favorite to go to Atlanta at at eight. Wow. Be the eighth be, overall pick over Bijan. Those those have been mixed back and forth. But I mean, you could see Atlanta needing pass rush help. Be you know even after signing Bud Dupree, um, that could be an option for them. And if they're not going to be in range to get a Wilson or Anderson, um, which 
we don't expect is going to happen. All right, moving on on this, you've got Stroud um, going top five minus a thousand. Obviously, this is based on the betting markets. And we talked to Brinson last week and he said, don't be afraid to lay the juice, especially really close to the draft. Is this a bet that you would make at minus a thousand? Minus a thousand, a little too rich. I think if you want to figure out where he's going to go, you can just play him plus uh, number three or number four, both around plus 200, 210, 240. So you get both of those. You're getting odds when you combine them around, you know, way, way better than just being a top five pick. So if he doesn't go there, you know, maybe Seattle is the backstop at five, but feels like these odds right now are just telling you that he's not going to fall out of the top five if, he, if he's posted at minus 1000. And these were posted recently. He wasn't really in the top five market in general, but because this narrative has come up that he's not going to go to and he could possibly fall down to three i felt like um the, the, the book that posted it wanted to put something out there and just they put a big number up there at minus a thousand so right now i just don't think it's very likely he goes top five uh, outside of the top five is what the market's telling us and the interesting thing about five is where seattle picks the other interesting thing is it was hard to find a comp for cj stroud and finally whenever in the fall earlier january February, i settled on geno smith so if you like Geno Smith, and Geno Smith isn't a sexy comp, but he, he he played so well last year that you would certainly take that as a franchise quarterback going forward, even if it's not Josh Allen or, or Joe Burrow. And and maybe that's the thinking there as well. Worst case, you get Geno Smith 2.0, which sounds like a funny thing to say out loud, but the 2022 version might not be a bad way to go forward after Geno's uh, deal, you know, his three years on this deal. They could, they could move on from next year or, or, or whatever. And, and what Rick Spielman likes to say, it's like, look, you take a quarterback and then you just reevaluate it at the end of the year. You can never have too many good quarterbacks and options there. So I, I like that. That's interesting. I know Brinson said that he's going to, he may fall outside the top 10. I talked to people that said that's not going to happen, but you know, never say never. Cause this is draft season. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Taking a look at some of these wide receivers. You got Jordan Addison out of USC, Zay flowers out of Boston college. They're over under in the draft is 22 and a half. What are you looking at here? Yeah, both of these are actually juiced to the over. So there's been speculation. Could Flowers be a fit for one of these teams in 18, 19, 20 range? You know, Detroit talking about um, the, the the receivers that they are. Their receiver room is now, you know, pretty barren because of these suspensions. Seattle has been a good fit for Flowers. Um, and then Addison, I know a lot of people link to the Chargers and mock drafts, but the market's not really buying it on either of those. Um, you know, with both of these juiced to the over, minus 140 for Addison, minus 170 on Flowers, both in those 22 and a half numbers. So the interesting thing is that Baltimore picks 22nd. And I think I think the, a lot of people had been projecting them as a receiver team, but this is telling you, you know, they're more likely to go cornerback, which is where they are plus 115 odds to get a defensive back first, as opposed to plus 170 for receiver. Um, so I think both of these guys probably expecting them, their range starts with Minnesota at 23, if you believe the market. So something that's interesting to me, I, I've, I've talked to people in the league that think say Flowers has a chance to be wide receiver one, which is interesting because he's 5'9", 183. And when you watch him play in the open field, he reminds me a little bit of Antonio Brown in his prime, which is certainly not a bad thing, but he is undersized. And uh, what I got back was 55% Jackson Smith and Jigba's wide receiver one, and Zay Flowers is the other guy has a chance to be wide receiver one. And it just depends on the team because different teams like different different wide receivers at the top of their board. So this 22 and a half number is interesting to me. And I don't know, like I, I, don't, I don't have a good feel for it just based on, on, folks I've spoken with, but I was happy to see that he has a chance to be one of the first two wide receivers, just because we haven't talked a lot about him in terms of the, the pre-draft process, because he went to BC and played on a terrible offense where he was only showing down. I do love Jordan Addison, but at 173, I get concerned if teams are worried about his size. He ran a 449, but that's plenty fast. He plays actually faster than that. Um, but th these numbers are, are, 
are very interesting to me, RJ, just because I don't have a real sense. There is no Jamar Chase. There is no for a top line Drake London type situation. Was Drake London over under 10-ish last year or because he went higher than I thought? Yeah, yeah, I think it was somewhere around there. And I think he was the slight under the underdog to be the first receiver drafted oh, okay. for a while. And then as we got closer and he got connected to Atlanta, that flipped. Um, the interesting thing you said about the 55% comment with JSN is that he's minus 260 to be the first receiver drafted at, I believe, Caesars and as much as minus 430 at other markets. But hmm. if that number's right, I mean, you're going to find value in these other these other people. And I think it might uh, that value might be right um, because the receiver market's interesting. Recent years without a top 10 receiver like a Jamar Chase have featured surprises is the first receiver draft you yep. know henry ruggs um we know marquise brown wasn't projected to be the number one when he when he went at 24 25 whenever that was dj moore was a little bit of a surprise so he was the first receiver drafted his class Corey coleman was the first receiver drafted mm. his class he wasn't uh, don't expected. bring that up so when you don't have those top 10 receivers it can kind of go any which way so the interesting thing about this class is you have all these smaller bodies these guys that have certain roles that don't have the size and we know the receiver position is actually a collection of a few different positions and guys that do different things guys that can be possession receivers over the middle guys that can go deep guys that can win at the catch point and be bigger body guys so the interesting thing is if there is a team that the, there's no receivers been drafted once you get past 16 17 18 whatever and they are looking for a bigger body type could you get a value on a guy like quentin johnston could you even get a value on some of these other guys we think are going to go deeper cedric tillman jonathan mingo those type of guys would it really shock you if there's not project if there's not going to be a top 15 receiver if they just fit the profile of what somebody's looking for better and they become like the cold strange of this class and they get drafted at 21 or 22 as the first receiver drafted for ridiculous odds 100 plus 100 to 1 150 to 1 whatever they are RJ let me ask you a question what's CJ do you have Cedric Tillman's number in front of you his over under number for um he doesn't have an over over under okay. number he has I think a, he's going to get drafted higher than than people think I think he has a chance to go in the second round. So once we see that number, I'd be interested to see what it actually is. I do know he's like 50 to one to be the second receiver drafted. Oh, that's a great, that's interesting. I like that. And I want to ask you about his teammate, Hinton Hooker, over under 31 and a half minus 120. Spielman's been talking this up for a while on the, on the, with the first pick podcast. He thinks that he's going to go in the first round just for the fifth year option. And he, I said to him today, actually, I said, is 19 to the Buccaneers too early for Hendon Hooker? He said, no, it is not. So there's a push for Hendon Hooker that you feel there's a chance that he sneaks into the first round, it looks like. Well, the odds said, first of all, the odds were very, very clearly that there would be under four and a half quarterbacks for the longest time. It was very much used to the under. Then it got closer to even. Then Hendon Hooker's over under comes up and it's around this 31 and a half number, slightly juiced to the over, which means he slightly is not expected to be a first round quarterback. Now that's of Sunday night when I put this together, this mock draft together. By the way, I forgot they're they're not 32 picks either. So that's on me. They're 31 picks. <laughs> as, a, as of Monday, we've seen a little bit of a shift and now Hooker's favored to be a top 30 pick minus 140 Ooh. at uh, under 30 and a half at Caesars minus 155 to be a first round pick at FanDuel. Um, that probably means there's a stronger connection with a team like Tampa, like you're saying, or like a team like Minnesota, yep. which is the favorite to draft hooker at plus 350 than initially anticipated. So he could end up, end up settling in that mix. We talked about Detroit and Seattle, go get a quarterback now. I mean, if they like him, they obviously can sit him and, and let him get healthy mm. or it could maybe connected to a team planning a trade. I know there were reports that the Raiders had him as the third quarterback on their board. Maybe they come up and into the first round. So right now the market was saying as, of Sunday night that he was a little bit less likely than is to be in the first round. And as of Monday afternoon, it's flipped. And now he's he's a little bit more likely to be in the first round than we anticipated. And by the way, Katie, um, Rick mentioned this just today. He's mentioned it before. Hinton Hooker, he says, reminds him a lot of Teddy Bridgewater. And you talk about RJ, that connection with Minnesota. Obviously, the front office and coaches have has changed. But Teddy Bridgewater was drafted there. 
And maybe Hendon Hooker is going to be uh, TB 2.0 or something. Yeah, maybe Victor in the chat says Hendon Hooker to Minnesota. Mm. Um, all right, now let's look at some, maybe some more long shots or some plus monies that you like, or at least that the market is dictating. We got Jameer Gibbs running back out of a, at Alabama, plus 280 to go in the first round. And again, this was as of Sunday night, plus 280 to go in the first round. Um, it was heavily juiced under one and a half first round running backs. That's changed now. We're just like the quarterbacks under four and a half. It's pretty close to even uh, whether under one, one and a half is going to come. It's down to minus 120 at Caesars after previous being a massive favorite. And Gibbs briefly went from a favorite to go in, in round one, a big favorite. I saw minus 175 at one book to be a round one pick um, on, on Monday morning. Now he's in the plus 100 to minus 115 range when he was tip, he was like plus 200 something, you know, plus two, plus 280 like we have in this. So a huge shift with him on Monday. Maybe there's a connection there with Dallas. I think that's the team that's favored to take him right now. Um, or maybe a team like Cincinnati, which might not get one of the top two tight ends. Oh, um, if, if the fact that um, there, this, this, uh, this class doesn't have a ton of first round talent, like, you know, probably a little bit less than usual. I don't know if Ryan's heard and maybe it's 17 to 20 type of first round grades. It seems to be the, the number that's popping around when you listen to these general managers. And if that's the case and those tight ends are two of those guys, they might go a little earlier than expected. Maybe the Cowboys get the second one instead of the first one. And then the Bengals have to pivot to somebody like Gibbs. Yeah, Rick mentioned 16 or so first-round grades. And first-round grades, when you talk about NFL teams, are guys that can come in and start right away. doesn't necessarily mean they want to turn into top-tier players. Yeah, man, here's the thing. You mentioned Jameer Gibbs to the to the Bengals as a Steelers fan. I would absolutely hate that, so that tells you how good a pick that would be. I do wonder, though, and just speaking football, not so much the betting markets, but it feels like Tony Pollard and Jameer Gibbs are the same guy, but I don't know what to think. The things that you know Jerry Jones thinks are good ideas don't necessarily – mesh with other people think are good ideas, but I love Jameer Gibbs in the first round. It's just a fit. Um, I love Bijan to the Bills. I don't think you want to take him there at the bottom of the first round, Jameer Gibbs, because he feels a lot like James Cook. I think James Cook, I think Jameer Gibbs is a little better player, but um, there are a lot of teams between 10 when the Eagles pick and 30 when they pick again that could be in the running back business. And uh, another favorite landing spot, I would love Bijan to go to, to the Chargers whenever they pick in the 20s. I don't know if they'll be there, but just to, to – electrify that offense all that is to say that if Jameer Gibbs snuck into the first round I would not be shocked especially at the tail end just because he's special uh, he told us at the combine that his comp he compares himself to Christian McCaffrey and and that's not far off you can go Alvin Kamara you can go Dalvin Cook whatever it is uh, that's the type of player you're getting and, and he's an immediate impact guy is there any other like good value or plus money that we should be looking at like possibly Darnell Washington he's at even money to go in the round one I think that might be a bit of a stretch. I mean, if since he is just super committed to tight end, then then sure. You know, if the first two are off the board, then they go with that. Um, that wouldn't be crazy. Um, I think looking for plus money stuff, you want to go a little bit longer shot because the draft is so unpredictable. Doing something like that, Darnell Wright, you know, first offensive lineman taken because of the connection with Chicago and certain things like that, the crazy, you know, receiver stuff. I think you look at the Bijan, the specific team to draft Bijan Robinson. It could really be, we talked about the range as being super big with him. And it could be a team you're not expecting. Like the Packers are 75 to one. And I mean, he's <laughs> super athletic, fits that profile. Uh, and it's that. not, it's not like they're completely set up. AJ Dillon is, is free agent after this year. Um, and what can you do if you can't get your, your, uh, your quarter, your new starting quarterback, young starting quarterback, a number one receiver that you love, you know, what better than to get him a running back to take that you know pressure off. So, I mean, 
that's the team that's in the range of where B. John Robbins going to probably get picked. That is just way too long odds, you know. And so you can look at that. You could look at maybe the Jets. I know they have Brees Hall, but you know, if if you upgrade, if if they can trade up and get, or you know, if they don't get their offensive tackle, maybe they're just in that range for where B. John's expected to go, being a fringe top ten pick. So I think it's interesting when you look at those deeper teams in there. If you want to take a lottery ticket kind of shot to go with the Packers to take B. John or one of these teams we're not expecting. Do you bet on the draft, Wilson? No, um, no, not for more reasons. I don't bet on anything just because I'm lazy. Mm. I'll tell you a funny story, though, because I'm considerably older than both of you. Um, so when I was in college, like in the mid-90s, you we literally had to walk to the student union to watch The Crawl on ESPN or ESPN2 or whatever it was to see what that, the, um, like the West Coast games were. So I went to college in, in Virginia because there was there was no regional telecast. So I gambled my senior year of college. I won my first like 12 bets. It's like $50 bets. I was on like 800 bucks. And I lost like 20 in a row. And I needed to win like this. Uh, I needed to win the over of the Wake Forest, Oklahoma State. It was uh, like Sweet 16, maybe the lead eight. I can't remember which game, but it's Randolph Child- Childress versus Big Country. Mm. Remember those guys, RJ? Mm-hmm. And um, I think the over under was 122. And whether I bet the over or the under, I got it. Otherwise, I was going to have to call my parents and borrow money. So that, that's the last time I really gambled um, laser focus. And it's just – I'm just too lazy, Katie. That's the answer. It's not because of any any other reason. It's a, it's a, I mean, I'm sure, as you know, RJ, it's a lot of work uh, and research. Uh, right. To, to, to that's why on. RJ is RJ. That's why he's the managing editor. <laughs> that is why he's the managing editor. Okay, we're going to get into some more props coming up here next. Uh, we're taking a quick break here on the Pick 6 Podcast. <laughs> Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Ryan Wilson and RJ White. And today we are talking NFL draft Props. Make sure you keep it locked with us all week long um, and subscribe, like, comment across everything that you possibly can. All right, let's get into first position drafted props. RJ, what are we looking at here? Yeah, some interesting ones on the board. We, we've kind of gone over some of these teams. Arizona at three, um, their favorite defensive lineman or edge at minus 175. I think that's the expectation if they stay, if they can't trade down at three or if they only make a small trade back. But we'll see if they get down further than 
you know, six, you know, or do they start looking at cornerback, which is plus 155? Do they get an offensive lineman, which is next to plus 600? Um, so, so yeah, it kind of depends on if they're able to find a trade and how far they trade down. I don't know that they would take offensive lineman at three, as Ryan was saying earlier. You get Seattle uh, is heavily favored to be defensive line edge also at minus 250, just because the prospect's supposed to be on the board. And then next quarterback plus 275, we talked about the Richardson market moving around a little bit. So that would be interesting there. And then Vegas was uh, plus 175 cornerback was favored there. Offensive lineman was plus 200. That's now moved. Offensive lineman's now the favorite from what I've seen. Um, so, you know, that's one where maybe that's the landing spot for a Paris Johnson at number seven in the top, the top 10. Um, then you get to Atlanta at, uh, at, you know, we talked about Bijan being there at plus 200. They're still favored to take DL edge at minus 135, whether that's Nolan Smith, like we talked about for the edge rush or Jalen Carter, if they're sold on him. Yeah, I'm looking at these are interesting, man. I'm looking at the at number 11. So number 11, for example, the Titans currently hold that pick. Does that mean the 11th overall pick or what the Titans will do if they stay at 11? This is just for the team's first position. So this is tied to to each team. So okay. the Titans are minus 115 to pick a lineman first, plus 115 to take a quarterback first. So if they trade up to four and take a quarterback, that's what hits. And I sort of like quarterback plus 115 for the tie to the Titans. doesn't matter where they do it. Um, I don't hate the wide receiver either. If they stay put and get a Jack Smith and Jigba, for example, um, it is sort of funny that running back isn't on here because we've seen some Twitter chatter unsubstantiated that Derrick Henry's getting traded, and I don't know what that solves other than trying to blow the team up. But I, I do like the the quarterback plus one fifteen. Is that is that do you, in your mind? Is that something that would interest you, or as a season better? Is that not something that, that pops on your radar? Well, the, problem, the issue with Tennessee is that they would need to trade up to get the quarterback. We're talking right. about four of them going to the top 10, and I don't know that they have the draft capital. I mean, they only have, I think, six picks this this, this year. They're missing their fourth rounder, which isn't you know going to get you super high, but it's still like once you trade up, you have a lot of needs for Tennessee. And, and once you start yeah. trading from the pool of what the available picks, then that's just guys you're not going to be able to draft at those positions. So maybe you go next year, but they are, have traded some of their day three picks next year too. You know, a lot of this moving around for receiver thing that they've done the last few years, guys like Julio and Robert Woods. So I don't know if trading up's the answer. Um, I believe they changed uh, general managers this year. So mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like the desperation is there to go up and need to save your job and get Point. the guy right now. So um, I think they kind of sit back, see how this year goes um, see what they would do with Tannehill. Maybe they can trade Tannehill, throw Willis in their tank a bit and get in position for, for uh, next year's quarterback class. And that's why RJ's RJ. That's why RJ's RJ. All right, RJ, obviously everyone needs to go and read your uh, most recent mock draft on cbsports.com with what the market is kind of dictate, dictating, but what is just some general rule of thumb for betting the draft that you can give us? Well, it's about, you know, diversifying your, your portfolio and getting value early before news breaks. So once you're getting to the week of the draft, a lot of the value gets to be a little bit, um, you know, off the table. We talked about Trayvon, Trayvon Walker last year um, is one instance. Um, it seems like there's so much uncertainty still at number two that that the, the clock hasn't struck midnight for that yet. So there's still plenty to come, um, especially with these quarterbacks and moving around. Um, so it'll be interesting to see it just kind of follow the national reporters, follow guys like Ryan, what they're hearing um, and being able to uh, translate that into getting ahead of the market before it moves significantly. Like if you see something like this, Anthony Richardson to number five, go in one market 
you might want to get it in one of your other markets where it's available before it catches up. Like if there's a prop that's plus 225 in one place and plus 500 in another place, that gives you a lot of profit potential there. Now, you have to do all that kind of before you get to the day of the draft because in in certain markets, including in uh, Vegas itself, they take the draft props off the board 24 hours before the draft starts. So um, the, it's just too the, – the thing about the draft, betting the draft, it's not like betting an NFL game. NFL game, you can have all the information possible. Yeah. And, and, and the athletic competition part of it, things are still going to happen that's outside of your control. And, and you're never going to be able to predict the play-by-play of an NFL game. If you have perfect information and you have perfect sourcing, you could predict the entire first round of the NFL draft and hit all 31 picks in this sense. Um, just because you, if your sources are good enough, just because it's not a competition, it's an information game above all else. Hey, RJ, uh, are you sold that Bryce is going first or are you still interested in CJ or someone else at number one? I think the value is on someone else. Um, I think that, that um, you know, he obviously that's how it trended last week. But, you know, that's a, when that move happened, it's before teams would lock in, you know, what they're doing. And so mm-hmm. you've still got to be conversation that happens between the owner, the man, general manager, the coaches, all that. And that still had to come. Now, it's only snowballed from there. And so I was thinking on Friday, might want to get into C.J. Stroud just right. in case. You know, something like that's going to happen. Now, I think it's up to prices up to like minus 2,400 at one site. So maybe that conversation has happened and, and it's kind of leaking out that that's going to be locked in the pick. Um, but if it does get to 100 percent certainty, I mean, even if you're betting minus 2,400, that the implied odds on that are something like, you know, 97 something percent. That still gives you profit potential if you are, if it literally is 100 percent certainty. Right. Hard to have 100% certainty. There's so much smokescreen that these teams and agents and everybody put forward. All right, that is going to wrap up our NFL Draft Prop Show. Thank you so much for joining us, RJ. Make sure you join us tomorrow at 1 p.m. for more 2023 draft coverage. And as Billy likes to say, smash that like button, leave a comment. Maybe you like Brinson's hair. He's not here today, but his hair has been growing uh, a lot lately. So we want to comment on that. Audio only, you know, do the same. Like, comment, subscribe, do everything that you need to do, and we will see you tomorrow. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.